Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. I want to welcome everybody back to the best damn podcast on the East Coast. Today we have a special guest. I have one of my good friends, Jess, here. How are you doing today, Jess? I'm doing great, thanks. Hey, thank you for uh, hopping on the pod. Um, a lot of people have been trying to get on here, and I'm glad you took time out your day to come out and party with us in the pod. Thanks for having me. So I know you um, have a lot of things that you and I have spoken about and whatnot and near and dear to you. Um, do you want to give the people a little background of you know, some things that you really feel near and dear? I know you come from a very religious family background and all that good stuff, but um, how it has shaped you in your life with relationships and whatnot, and is it a plus or a positive? All right, sure. Um, yeah, I grew up um, in a religious family, Christian family. My dad's a pastor, youth pastor. Um, so I was actually a really, what was called rebellious <laughs> teenager. Um, I did everything quote unquote wrong. Um, that may not have even been that bad for other kids who were not growing up in that kind of environment. But for me, it was almost like everything I did, I was in a, I guess, shamed in a way to feel like I was bad and have the stigma that I was like a, a rebel or a bad kid. Um, when in fact I was just kind of normal going through the growing up. So why are kids is always interesting. Why are kids whose parents, the preacher, <laughs> the always perceived as the worst kids? Um, I mean, for me personally, I had, a, I mean, my dad was great. I loved him. He was, he was kind and, um, for, you know, patient. Um, but I think I just, that was maybe in my personality. Maybe it's not so much that environment as much as a person's personal makeup of who they are. And I have that side to me where I was going to go and do stuff that I wasn't supposed to do anyway. So like when you're coming up, I guess you're supposed to get married when you're young, all that good stuff, you know, go to church every Sunday, Bible school. Now, how did that all shape you going forward in your adult life with relationships and things of that nature? That's a good question. So um, most of my friends got married really young um, and some of them had, um, you know, got pregnant and had kids, then got married because I think we were so sheltered and told couldn't do this. This is bad. So we ended up, okay, well then we'll get married. <laughs> and so people got married, you know, 19, 20, 21. I got married when I was 22 and I was pregnant. And, um, I think it, it just, you do it also just to kind of, I wanted to get away from my parents too. And so I thought, okay, well I'll just latch on to somebody else who will take care of me. And at that point, I was so young. I mean, I kind of thought I knew what I wanted to do. I had all these dreams and goals. and Like, I'm going to be a strong, independent woman. But that was not at all reflected in my actions of just being completely, like, not knowing who I was and getting that all from someone else. So where do you think that shaped you as far as um, strong, independent, and that didn't happen? Like, 
it didn't happen. Um, I, I think I was insecure. I had a lot of insecurities, um, of my own. So while I looked around and saw like my, my cousins or my friends, um, not raised like that, doing these things and going to school and becoming attorneys and all the things that I dreamed I wanted to be. Um, I, I almost felt in a way, um, my insecurities that are my, my own, not even reflection of the way I grew up necessarily, um, kept me from not doing that. And, and also I think really shaped the relationships that I chose to get into or the kind of people I became attracted to, um, people that kind of just reinforce that same, you know, that same mindset. So would you say that same mindset would be religious background, um, listen to follow the man, follow the man's lead, you sit at home. I mean, just curious because I have rebelled from religion and I just always find it fascinating, you know, growing up in church. I, I didn't, I hated Sunday school. I didn't want to be there. Uh, my parents forced me. So as an adult, what happens? You just don't go anymore and you start thinking differently, but you had no choice in that matter because you were raised in a very, very religious family and for upbringing. So going forward, how does that? Well, I didn't choose the, the relationships that I had. I didn't choose people who were religious really, actually. Um, my ex-husband was, um, sent, <laughs> he was sent to Baltimore from Massachusetts cause he got kicked out of his high school. He was able to graduate, but then his parents sent him to our seminary or Bible college here. Mm-hmm. And, um, they wanted him to basically get his shit together. And I was like the worst influence. I just kind of got, you know, was, a, I was a bad girl and like got, he got, we got pregnant and, um, his parents were like disappointed and then it kind of kept him here. And I think that, um, I take things, I ended up staying with him for 14 years before we got divorced. We have two kids together. Um, and I think I took things like, well, I ruined his life. So therefore I need to stay no matter what. And, you know, no matter how bad it is, or, um, I just bought into that, that thing that I wasn't even, you know, here I am some stupid girl and I ruined his life. So I stayed, um, with that. So where does that guilt come from of you ruining his life? I mean, I guess it takes two to tango, but I guess my thought would be, you know, you guys are young, fell in love, all that good stuff. And, but where does that guilt come from? That I mean, some of it, like I said, goes back to my self-esteem where I already had not the greatest self-esteem, but I think too, he was constantly telling me I ruined his life. And like, I don't think in, you know, in hindsight, looking back, he had no great grandiose plans to become anything or drive or I, I it's funny now that I'm older. I'm like, I was smart. I was freaking smart and I was strong. And I just didn't see it. Um, and I th- always thought I'm ruining these people's lives. I'm stopping them from being successful. I'm, you know, in the way I'm not as good as them, but, um, and you know, I should just be in this relationship or stay in this because, um, it's, you know, I- I'm not really worthy of anything better, but that's not really true. Now that I look back, like he wasn't going anywhere and, um, he just kept telling me like I ruined his life and he could have been some NBA basketball player and all this stuff. Um, and then I kind of bought that lie. It's funny. Cause I, I've known you for a while. Uh, I want to say about five years now. 
And this is surprising to me hearing this. I didn't know this because uh, I view you as a very strong, independent woman who knows what she wants, has hard drive, and very confident. So hearing this, it's, it's kind of a shock, but I guess it's how we are shaped as people going forward. And how has that translated for you having that situation going forward in your life with relationships and with the religious background and from that low self-confidence to now who you are now as a person? Um, it, oh my gosh, I think it, it, it changed me a lot, but I continued to kind of follow the same patterns and seek the same kinds of relationships. Um, as soon as I was out of that relationship, I mean, I, once I was divorced, I like was on my own for a year and thought, okay, well I'm better and stronger and I've got this under control, but I immediately like, I, I sought out someone, um, and then just kind of attached myself and tried to make this person like me when like, I'm free. I mean, not to be like, um, both be brag or anything, but like, I'm a pretty cool person. And if you don't like me, I should have just been like, bye. <laughs> but instead I was like, Oh, I'm selling you on me. I'm a great person. Um, and from the start, that was not a good idea. Um, I just, I went into one, another bad relationship and it didn't end well. And, uh, now I'm just, I'm, I'm on my, I'm by myself. Like I'm not dating anyone, but I am okay with that. I think for the first time in my life, like I do a ton of stuff on my own or with my friends, but I just, I'm more in a way selfish, I guess. I, I know what I want. I'm not like saying I'm not, I don't want to be in a relationship. I definitely do, but I'm more mindful of things. Now, did you find yourself the guy that you started dating knew was similar to your ex-husband? I didn't see it at first. It's funny. Now I, I talked to a therapist um, for the past like couple of years and she was seeing me when I was with my ex-husband and she could see the similarities. And she said, you know, it's so funny. You didn't realize you were seeking out someone who was so similar, but it's this like pervasive under the surface kind of um, tearing you down as a person. And I, I thought like I, this person was so much cooler than me and so much better and I'm not worthy, but, and I, I never thought of the fact that I am, you know, they, they were drawn to something about me. And once they were drawn to that, they just started tearing it down and trying to destroy it until I didn't know who I was. And I was so insecure and back to the way I was when I was a teenager. Um, I think that this type of person definitely seeks out that personality, someone, oh, I can easily manipulate this person. I know that's interesting. I, um, I had dated a young lady way back when, and, um, we went to relationship counseling. And for me, I felt like it was very therapeutic. Um, just for a lot of stuff that you had to get off your mind because you don't want to take out on things on your partner when you both are stressed out. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very healthy. Um, I will I will recommend that any day of the week um, to people about therapy. Just it's always good to talk with somebody. I know it's very taboo, unfortunately, in the black community um, for males going to therapy. But I recommend mm -hmm. doing it. You know, if you have insurance, go use it. That's what insurance is for. You know, it's a ten dollar copay where somebody listens to you for an hour and not be objective or have not have any um, say or how they feel about it, just listening. And sometimes I think 
that's a good thing to do. So sorry. I'm yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And I think, it, um, you know, that's interesting that I get that insight from you in, in the black community. It's something that's maybe taboo. I think for men too, in general, it's just always been something that's like, I don't need that. I'm strong. And, and, uh, I mean, I tried to get my son to go during our divorce and he was, it was pretty hilarious. He was just insulting the guy across from us like the entire time until finally he said, I'm not going to see your son. I can't work with him. Um, but it's definitely for me, I, I, once I start talking, it's hard to stop talking. So I love it. Um, and I think it has helped me, you know, you, you're not perfect. You'll fall back into the same things, but you learn and you grow and you can start recognizing patterns, recognizing thoughts, replacing those thoughts. And it's, it's really helpful. Now, what would you recommend people? I mean, just to the audience, what things you've learned with relationships and whatnot, and how would you do things a lot differently going forward now? Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, because I thought, am I just now like closed off or, you know, have I done that as like a defense mechanism? Like, I'm just not going to open up to anyone or trust anyone. And I think, no, I just think I'm wiser and I take things a little more slowly now. You know, I um, and I I have learned to to spot a lot of red flags and realize that, um, you know, it's so funny. One thing I realized in relation these relationships is that they never liked when I challenged, you know, challenged things that they said that were just off the wall or said things about me. If when I started to stand up for myself, that is when I got so much pushback in both really, you know, in all the relationships that were like this, um, I got pushback and then kind of started to be controlled or put in my place or just, I, I felt awful about myself. And that's when I, now I know I was right. Like everything, it was a bad relationship. And when you start to stand up for yourself and then you get gaslighted or, um, things like that, you know, it's get out, not get out the movie. No, definitely not. <laughs> but, uh, I, I definitely get about really like a lot of relationships. I mean, what are some of the warning signs that you recommend to people out there going forward? Like when you're just from your experiences, relationships. Um, I think a re healthy relationship will, I mean, I still don't know what that is actually, to be honest, but I think it will, um, you respect each other. You, um, look for the, you know, strengths you, in each other and just uh, support each other. Um, but you don't, you don't need each other for everything. You're just in, there's a sense of independence. Um, but also you kind of complement each other. Um, so you're adding something to their life. They're adding something to your life and they would never, um, put you down or verbally abuse you, emotionally abuse you, or physically abuse you. Cause I've experienced that as well. And that's like a clear. That's a part. That's that. a part. That's, that's a part two teaser right there. Yeah. That, we're not going to get into that that's today. That's the heavy stuff. Too. That's the heavy stuff. We're not going to get into <laughs> no, that today. Yeah. Uh, I guess going back, I want to know how your faith from the beginning, just come back, bring it all for full circle. How did all this teach you in life with relationships and things of that nature? Like your faith growing up in the church and in relationships, how did that all, how does that all combine at the end? I mean, I know you still go to church, still doing things with, you know, just religious and how does that all full circle come together with you? Um, I don't think it was um, so much religion as it was a personal belief that I have and faith and that's been strengthened. Um, I would say because 
it's, uh, I give myself grace. <laughs> so you have to. Now, how do you think you could shape this going forward as far as teaching your daughter going forward is from your experiences? That's a great question. I think about that with my son too, because I have a, a, he's going to be 18. So I'm raising a man right. um, and my daughter and the relationships that I've been in, she saw me, you know, in terrible situations um, and not strong, but that doesn't mean you can't change things and show her like you can get out of a bad situation at any time. Um, you can fall down and get back up and you can become stronger and the things that you go through teach you. Um, but I, I do want to be a, a positive role model for her and my son um, to see how to treat a woman and then how to treat, you know, anyone in life and for my daughter to see how to be treated and to stand up for herself. And I already see that in her. She's a lot stronger than me. Uh, she's tough. Uh, so she'll, she'll be okay. If this was on video, you can see her uh, smiling right now, <laughs> beaming ear to ear about her kids. So I guess, uh, so I'm sorry for not, I should have mentioned your son, Ben. how do you install him to be respectful to women and be loving and nature and caring to them? How do you do that? I am a very, well, now I think a strong woman and I'm constantly lecturing them about things that I see in the news or, you know, just about believing women with all the stories that came out, you know, the past year or two, believing women. And um, my son definitely, I think, did have that mindset of, uh, you know, the uh, the old school mindset of girls like, oh, they, they wanted her, they're lying. And oh, my God, did we we work through that? And he gets annoyed with me because I'm constantly sending him articles or stories. And, you know, I just think it, it has changed him. I hope it's changed him. I hope that he does, um, he does view women in that, in that positive way now and treat them with respect. Well, I wanted to thank you for coming on. And um, I definitely, we definitely did a little teaser in there um, going forward. Um, there will be a part two, maybe this season or next season, but uh, I want to thank you just for coming on today. Thanks so much, Aaron. This All right. Is great. No picks at the pod. No picks at the dark podcast. It's your host. Have a good evening.